From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. C.J. Stroud stood up for his friend, his good buddy. They go all the way back, high school, middle school. There's there's a, a, a relationship there between the number one and number two picks in the 2023 draft. C.J. Stroud stood up for his buddy, Bryce Young. Threw the Panthers under the bus in the process. He was on the Pivot podcast, and uh, he had this to say about Bryce Young's rookie year. In his shoes, I feel like a lot of stuff didn't go his way that was out of his control. You know, like, you can't make a play if somebody don't block. You can't make a play if somebody don't catch the ball. Like, And when you watch the tape, like, Bryce did a lot of great things. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be a great player, but it takes time. You know, like, I think I came into a situation where – you know, we were struggling, I know, but, like, uh, we still had a lot of good pieces, and, and Nick Casario, our GM, brought in a lot of good vets. You know, D'Amico was the perfect coach for our, our type of team. So, like, I think our rhythm – and, you know, like I said earlier, everybody's path is different. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I had a good rookie year, and Bryce is going to have a great second year, you know what I'm saying? And hopefully I do too, but, like, I know everything's going to be fine for him. And I told him, like, you the one, bro. Yeah. You the one for a reason. Like, don't ever, ever, like, and he's not going to, but don't ever look at yourself different, bro. How about that for some defense? I love that. I I like it from the friend, CJ Stroud. If I'm Bryce Young, I'm like, solid. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Loyalty from a good friend. But as a Panthers fan, this is, dis- this is, this is hidden trash talk here. This is like low-key uh, Trojan horse of our system is awesome. Our players are awesome. His team stinks, <laughs> right? Listen, man, I played pretty darn well, but I, I'm I'm, a, I'm in a good situation. Bryce Young, he's good. He's awesome. He's the one. I'm a big fan. Oh, he's great. Oh, he did great. Everything else there stinks. Little big brother versus little brother conversation. It's, it's, it's a little like he did good for 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 what he could. Right, that's for what he had around him. That's that's yeah. You look great for your age, right? It's like whoa, that whole compliment just changed. Hey, you're a pretty good athlete for your size. It's like wait, wait, wait. What do you mean by that? Everybody has those things they're insecure about, right? Yeah, no, you're pretty good for somebody that can't jump. It might be honest, by the way. Like C.J. Stroud, and and there are certain podcasts. That's one of them. Pivot. Shout out to the, to those guys. They get athletes specifically because it's hosted by former professional athletes to open up and be more honest than they they are when when you're you're mixed in with hosts, right? They feel like they're not talking to the media, even though, spoiler alert, it's media, right? That clip is the 40 seconds that went viral from the C.J. Stroud interview. Why? Not because they're like, oh, we're so good good at keeping uh, players comfortable. It's because that's what everyone in the media does. You take the section that, that is explosive and you send it viral. It might be honest. He might be looking at the Panthers and going, how in the world was a quarterback supposed to be successful? It might be honest. But th- name a time when a player has been honest about another team in that way. That's that's to me like, uh, you know, you're talking with your buddy or even like a, a, an, an acquaintance and you're like, yeah, my 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 family is uh, so annoying. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Your brother is pretty annoying. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I can say that. You can't say that. Like if someone in the Panthers organization said, you know, we didn't put Bryce in a very good spot last year, right? He he can't, you know, sit in the pocket and go through his progressions if he's not protected. That's fine. As soon as somebody from another team is like, yeah, your offensive line stunk. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't say that. You're not you're not in our side. You're co- you you compliment the opponent. That's all you do. How many times have we seen like the Chiefs or the Patriots in the middle of a dynasty talking about some last place opponent that they're playing, going, you know, they do a lot of really good things on defense. They uh, they bring pressure. It's like they haven't given up less than thirty five points in two months. What are you talking about? Well, you know, it's it's they've had some bad luck over there, and it's like no, be honest with me. But they never are. C.J. Stroud was like, I have no problem being honest. They stink. What? You don't want C.J. Stroud's pity if you're like, even if I'm Bryce Young, I'm like, ah, hey, listen, man, I appreciate it. We're boys. We go way back. But come on, man, I we we don't need your pity over here. We don't need your woe is me, woe is Bryce. I'll be fine. I can handle it. You don't got to stick up for me. You're not my big brother. I also find it interesting how it seems like there was a recurring theme this season of with Carolina Panthers fans and also just fans around the NFL in general of. Well, if C.J. Stroud played for the Carolina Panthers, he'd be having the same season that Bryce Young did. You don't hear C.J. Stroud say that. I mean, maybe it's just because any competitor is not going to say, like, yeah, I'd <laughs> suck with this team. But <laughs> What if he said, like, you could have flipped us. I would have made the Panthers look good. Like, that, that would have been a completely different – and I wouldn't expect that from him because C.J. Stroud is, by all accounts, by the way, uh, C.J. Stroud is extremely mature, well thought out. He's handled the media very well. Uh, so, so this isn't a knock on him personally. It's, it's really motivation for the Panthers, right? Because the worst hard hitting trash talk is what it's true, right? It's the, the most impactful insults are what they're true, right? The best trash talkers in the world, they find something that you're actually insecure about. There's a great uh, John Mulaney stand-up bit that says, uh, uh, and I'm not going to do the John Mulaney, I'm not going to go into the the voice or anything like that, but he talks about how middle schoolers are like the meanest bullies in the world, and and they find the one thing that you're actually insecure about, and they make fun of you, and, and his joke is, like, look at that man with the high-waisted feminine hips, and he's like, that's something I'm already insecure about, again, John Mulaney does it much funnier than I do. I'm not trying to take his bit. But that should almost hurt the Panthers worse, right? Another quarterback was comfortable saying publicly because he was so confident that everyone would agree with him that you set your quarterback up for failure. C.J. Stroud just said the Panthers made it so he couldn't be the one. He couldn't be good his rookie year. Take that personally. As much as everybody wants to replace everybody on the Panthers roster, that's just that's just not realistic, right? You can't replace everybody. So if Ikiakuanu is back, if Taylor Moten is back, despite his massive cap hit, two guys on the offensive line, if Thielen is back, like if these guys, if Miles Sanders is back, take it personally. Be like he just publicly said we stunk and didn't give our quarterback any help, and and nobody disagreed with him. It's even more ironic that he's saying this, and I, I know that his intentions weren't ill by any means by for C.J. Stroud, but he's saying this after they lost to the Carolina Panthers they lost to this the past Panthers. season. How great it was a, a dominating win by any means, but still, like, hey, Bryce Young got the better of the two of the game. Game-winning field goal. 
end the game. Uh, but but it is I don't know it just it, it struck me as weird and then the reaction to it struck me as weird right I watched him go yeah Bryce couldn't do anything they stunk paraphrasing but you heard the audio if you were listening seven minutes ago you know what it was and then the reaction nobody in the world disagreed with him how do you not take that personally right if if another team like say you're a basketball fan right or actually we'll use the ACC if Clemson after beating UNC last last night. Afterwards, just said, yeah, we just wanted R.J. Davis to keep shooting. He's a guy that on a, on a bad night, he's just going to shoot 40 times. So we were, we were excited to put him into some tough shots. If nobody disagreed with him, if everybody just went, that nah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. R.J. Davis should take that personally, right? C.J. Stroud just said, yeah, their team was, I mean, he can't block and throw to himself. And everybody in football went, that's a good point. He, can, he can't block and throw to himself. And they didn't have anyone. Is that not weird to anybody else? Is that not strange? Just me? All right, cool. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com connecting with us now on the heaster automotive group hotline chad brown he is a 15-year nfl veteran three-time pro bowler two-time all pro a college football national champion and much much more uh but if we listed the full resume we would uh We'd just be listening to the resume of the entire interview. Uh, Chad, thank you very much for taking the time. Um, I'm interested to hear your takes on the uh, the Super Bowl because as an analyst for Nine News in Denver, focusing on the Broncos, you know the Chiefs very well in the, in the, in the division. So, so we'll start right there. Is there a key that stands out to you as a former defensive guy that that has to uh, you know break down the Chiefs' offense that the, the Niners might focus in on to stop Mahomes and, and that Chiefs' offense? Well, I think there's a couple of things that they're going to try to do. Whether they can execute them, uh, we'll see. The Niners' defense, while spending most of the season one of the best defenses in the league, really has been underperforming late in the regular season and particularly here in the playoffs. Teams have been running the ball on them. Uh, their secondary got exposed a little bit. So for the 49ers and Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator out there, to try to slow down Travis Kelsey would probably be job number one. Um, but Andy Reid has – slowly been chipping away at that wide receiver room and that room cost them a couple of games during the regular season but here in the playoffs they're actually playing at a pretty high level and then they've added the physicality of Isaiah Pacheco to the run game so their ability to just kind of impose their will on you is something that we haven't seen from the Chiefs over the last couple of years and I think Andy Reid is recognizing I've got a really good defense so I don't need to go out and score 45 points we're fine to win 17 to 14, something like that, we'll lean on that great defense and our quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, while he's the best player, at least the best quarterback in the NFL, he also plays with not very much ego, so he's fine just to walk away with the W. We don't know need to go out there and put up superstar or Star Wars kind of numbers to win a ball game. It's it's interesting you bring up kind of how, how the Niners defense specifically has looked different in, in the postseason. Uh, as you know, 
you hear players say, you hear coaches say it probably too often, right? How everything's different in the playoffs. It's all ratcheted up. The intensity is different. You can't simulate it in practice. Um, when you're getting ready for a team, if they did, you know, almost what do you think is real? Are you looking at the, the Niners and saying, all right, what they did in the regular season is what we have to prepare for this, this good defense? Or are you looking at those two, two playoff games and saying, we can take advantage of some things like, like how do you weigh what, what team you're getting ready for? I think if you're a coach in the Super Bowl, mm. I think you've got to try to avoid the paralysis by analysis and, and diving too deep. Now, there, are there certain things that you may take a clue from? Uh, as a, If you watch every regular season game, I'm sure Andy Reid has watched mm-hmm. every game for the 49ers this year. Yep. But I think the playoff games where you are, they are playing good teams and good coaches and good quarterbacks on the other side, as the Chiefs have all those things, that's probably the games where I would be able to get the most information from, and that's where my game plan would be built upon. So for, for Andy Reid and, and all those guys in Kansas City, Steve Spagnola, yeah, I think you look at the 49ers based on their two playoff games and draw maybe 75 80% of your game plan based on what you've seen these last couple of weeks. Chad Brown, 15-year NFL veteran, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, Chad, as a defensive guy, how do you not get paralysis by analysis looking at the the Niners' offense? Because I look at it and I think Christian McCaffrey, he's in the backfield. We know him very well from his time in Carolina. But he can also essentially be a wide receiver. Debo Samuel can do a little bit of everything. Kittle can block and run, uh, can block and catch. Uh, Ayuk and, 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 I mean, they have so many different players that are so versatile. Um, how, how do you not get caught up with they could do this, they could do that, they could do this other thing. We have to be prepared for it all and, and, and kind of allow yourself to play football. Well, once you start spending time looking at the 49ers offense, uh, certain themes start to re- repeat themselves. They lead the league in the close formation. What I mean by that is we always talk about the NFL and being a, it's a spread league, college football, mm-hmm. it's a spread league. Receivers are outside the numbers. The 49ers lead the league in, the, in their tight formations. They want to do that because they recognize Kyle Shanahan's a Kobe smart coach, that the poorest tacklers on any defense are going to be the two core. As the tackle in space, that gives us a chance to break tackles. It gives us a chance to get yards after catch if they're running a crossing route, all of those kind of things. So if you're Steve Spagnola, I am spending a lot of time with my cornerbacks, working on tackling, working on knowing where their help is and what situation – do I need to push this guy to the sideline to use the greatest tackler in the history of football, the sideline? And what situation do I need to force him back into all my help inside so we can avoid those big gash plays? Because even the Niners' run game is not, you know, consistent from a five-yard, six-yard, seven-yard perspective. It's two, three-yard, zero yards. And McCaffrey breaks a 40-yarder because they're able to get a one-on-one situation with McCaffrey and a cornerback. Again, those guys are the worst tackler on the football team. So that would be number one. And number two is 49ers lead the league in window dressing. The plays are all very similar once you diagnose it, but they're just different guys and different motions and different formations to run the exact same play. So, uh, yeah, don't overwhelm yourself with trying to understand every single look they do. Understand they're going to run the same play out of 10 different looks. What about Purdy, right? We've made it this far in the conversation. We, we, haven't mentioned one of the quarterbacks, which may have broken a record for getting ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, it seems like everybody thinks he's either unbelievable or he's a complete system guy that's being carried by his teammates. 
Uh, are are you convinced that Purdy can can handle everything, or would you be tempted to, uh, you know, maybe try to bait him into a mistake or blitz the heck out of the young guy in the Super Bowl? I think he's still learning his way through this, and obviously he's a young guy with not that much experience. I called him one of his games at Iowa State, hmm. so I thought he was a guy who had a great processing ability. He was a guy uh, who could make all the prerequisite throws, but he wasn't going to, you know, wow you with his arm strength and those kind of things. So he got himself into the perfect situation where Kyle Shanahan understands his limitations. At the same time, he's got tremendous playmakers around him. And we've talked about some of those guys, George Kittle, mm-hmm. McCaffrey, and Ayuk, and Samuels, and those guys, uh, where he just needs to get the ball to those guys, particularly as they're running, so they can make those yards after catch. So there's not asking too much of him. Uh, he's not asked to go out and throw the ball 45 times a game and light it up. And even when he doesn't play great, which he didn't play great in the first two playoff games, they've got enough talent around him where they can still find ways to win. So I'm kind of in the middle of the Brock Purdy conversation. I don't have a hot take on either side. I don't think he's just a game manager, nor do I think he's the future great quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a guy who's in a perfect situation and has a great skill set to move that 49ers offense forward. Chad Brown, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, connecting with us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Um, Chad, having played in the big game yourself, uh, talk about the distractions. How difficult is it to block out the distractions of Super Bowl week, but also would it have been harder to block out those distractions if, if it were in Vegas when you were participating? I think Vegas is obviously the, the, the wild card here. I mean, if you want to get into <laughs> any kind of shenanigans or trouble, Vegas is certainly the place that would be uh, like the most likely destination. But uh, I, I think – both these teams have some experience there from an organizational standpoint. Obviously, more Chiefs players mm-hmm. than 49ers players. So I, I think there's enough guys to be able to give the tales of caution and, hey, we got to approach this thing like anything else. And we can come back to Vegas later and have a great time after we win this, you know, Lombardi trophy. So this is not the week to party. It's going to be next week where we can stay here and have all the fun we want after we win this thing. So keep your eyes on the prize. And as far as the in-game experience, I thought when I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill Cowher's advice was tremendous. He said, I, you know, I know you guys, most of you guys are the, the last bus guys. There's a couple of buses that leave the hotel hmm. going to the stadium. I would advise you to get on maybe not the earliest bus, but that middle bus. So you can get here a half hour, 45 minutes earlier, and you can go on the field, and you can see some of the stars in the stands. And you can get yourself over you know, the, the, the magnitude of the moment. So for my Super Bowl to be out there and see Vanessa Williams warming up for the national anthem, okay, I've seen her before. <laughs> so you kind of start checking those things off the list, and after the first couple of plays, you are able to shift your focus to football and not just be wowed by the, the hugeness of this moment. Uh, you bring up kind of you can go back to Vegas. There are some rumors out there, I don't know how true they are, that Mahomes has put out the word like, Hey, if we win, I'll bring everybody back, right? There's the motivation. You don't have to do it now. I'll bring you back because he's got, you know, more money than anybody. Uh, was it all Cower giving it or, or was there, uh, you know, or the, again, you were the, the young guy kind of on that, that Steelers defense. Were, were any of the veterans giving you any awesome pieces of advice for, for the Super Bowl? Uh, we didn't have uh, anybody who was a significant starter on that defense who had played mm. in the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, we were, it was all brand new for myself and for Rod Woodson and for Kevin Green and for Greg Lloyd. Uh, so that moment was, was pretty big. And I, I think the nerves were a factor in that 
Cowboys' first drive or two where they had some success. But after that, we played a much better brand of football. Chad, we appreciate you for taking the time. And, and as always, we appreciate your insight. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have a good one.